The Lord said to Abraham, Abram, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as God had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot and his possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abraham travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went onwards to the hills of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued towards the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know that I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me and let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham, Abraham, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman and when Pharaoh's officials saw her they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken to his palace. He treated Abraham well for her, Abraham for her sake and Abraham acquired sheep, cattle, male and female, donkeys, men-servants and man-servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abraham. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now, then, here is your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning. Well, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this month we are doing a series exploring the life and faith of Abraham. The story of Abraham is a story of a man on an amazing journey with all his ups and downs, his successes and failures. It is a journey of faith, of hardship and sacrifice, of disappointment and great reward. I hope that from the story of Abraham, we can get to know God better and gain wisdom on how the church can move forward. Abraham was the name before God changed his name to Abraham. First, we need to know a bit of geography to understand this history. Abraham started out with his family living in the city of Ur. Can I show the map? Thank you. Ur was a modern and uh, was in modern Iraq near Baghdad. Ur was a great port city with thousands of houses and shops and merchants from all over the world speaking every language. When God saw the mess the world was getting into and how far away people were wandering from him, he decided to pick a family to whom he could start again. Abram was his man. God told Abram to gather all the he owned and leave that area. Notice that God didn't tell Abram where he was going. He just told Abram to go. What did Abram do? He didn't make excuses to stay on where he was. Abram obeyed God and left. It wasn't until he was well on his way before God told him where he was going. God spoke to Abram in a very definite way. This was an unambiguous call. This was not an easy call. Imagine being asked to leave your country, leave your family, leave your roots, and start a new life at the age of 75. Notice it was God who took the initiative. Abraham wasn't looking for God. God was after Abraham. God chose and called him. God has chosen you too. God has also called you. Hear God's call and follow his lead. Irrespective of your age, irrespective of your upbringing, even without knowing what the consequences will necessarily be. God knows what he is doing. That is the daily adventure of being Christian, being a Christ follower. God has a plan for your life, just as significant as the plan he had for Abraham. So what is the first lesson? Hear God's call and follow his lead. Now, with the call came the promise. 
whenever God said, go, he always promised, I will. Take note of, I will appear how many times? First, God promised to make Abraham into a great nation. Does anyone see the problem here? God is promising to make Abraham's descendants a great nation, but Sarai, Abraham's wife, was barren. She had no child. That's according to Genesis chapter 11, verse 39. But Abraham believed God. He may not have known God very well, but he took God seriously. Faith responded to the personal call to do God's will. You may feel you don't know God very well, but it doesn't matter how much you know, but it's who you know and what you do with what you do know. Second, God promised to make his name great, which in that day meant not that he would be famous, but that he would father a dynasty of kings. The Bible tells us the great nation Israel came forth from Abraham. And great men like Moses, King David, King Solomon were the descendants of Abraham. Third, God promised to protect him. God said, I will bless those who bless you and curse uh, curses you uh, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Fourth, God promised to make him a blessing to all people. So God said, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This means that God would open a door of blessing for man through Abraham's descendants, effectively reversing the curse pronounced in Eden. All these promises will be transformed by God into covenants during the course of Abraham's life, which we will see in Genesis chapter 15, 17, and 22. Abraham obeys God. God made him the father of Hebrew, the Hebrew nation, and through his descendant, Jesus Christ, God has offered everyone on earth the blessing of salvation. Let's move on. It must have heard, it must have been hard for Abraham to make such a move at the age of 75 years old, to leave the security of his birthplace, his homeland, his friend, moving how is never easy. Well, I made a move from Singapore to Melbourne about five years ago. Well, Glennis and Z experienced a moving house recently. We understand how difficult it was. Do you remember ever moving to another house. There's the decision about what you can take and what you must leave behind. There's a packing up and chucking out. Well, people in Abraham's time didn't have big removal companies to help in those days. Obeying God meant more than this to Abraham though. 
He wasn't just moving from one town to another. He was also giving out the settled lifestyle. Ancient earth was at the peak of its existence during Abraham's time. In fact, Ur was one of the large cities that time. In essence, God was asking Abraham to leave one of the great cities in the world and go to some place he had never seen. And he has probably not even sure exists. He was willing to leave the comfortableness of the city of Ur and all the conveniences that in a metropolitan city that can offer. To live the life of a wandering nomad, living in a tent. That's test, isn't it? Obeying God was the evidence that Abraham really believed God's promises. And it was all worth it for God blessed Abraham in the most wonderful way possible. This is an amazing testimony of Abraham's faith. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 9. It says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. This is an amazing testimony of faith. Well, in my early years, my wife and I to be missionaries in a small town in southern Thailand. It was not easy for us to leave our families, friends, culture, language, and the comfortable lives in Singapore. And to go to another country. We had to learn a new culture, a new language, a new custom, a new way of life to ad- and to adapt to new food and so on and so on. It was difficult and very challenging to, for us. So we can sympathize, empathize with Abraham on how challenging it was to trust and obey God. It was no small thing that God asked Abraham to do. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just knew who he was going with. Isn't that true to us? Do we know what will happen in the future? Only God does. That is enough. A nagging complication in Abraham's call is that he wasn't specifically told where to go. We can assume he knew the general direction but not a specific destination. Well, he might have preferred it all met up. When we follow God, he always gives us enough light to take the next step. We think life would be easier if God handed each of us a specific plan, detailing all the places and choices and events of our lives. But if he did that, then there be no need for faith. God is silent on the, the details, but the promises to walk with him 
walk with us, he fills in the details along the way. As Abraham moved on, the purpose of God became increasingly clear. If we could see everything God was doing and understand everything God was doing, well, it would be knowledge, not faith. And it would be sight, not faith. And remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, let's move on to verses 6 to 9. The more Abraham trusted God, the more Abraham enjoyed him. Whenever Abraham journeyed, he found the Lord was there too. Wherever he put the tents for the night, he called on the name of the Lord. God spoke and Abraham trusted. Notice the first word of each promise, I will. The slide, uh, previous slide. Faith is simply trust. Our faith grows as we trust God with more of our lives. Abraham had a simple faith. Yes, but this was no easy faith. It was based on a developing relationship that would be tested. And as we shall see in a moment, God's promises could even handle Abraham's failures. Now, eventually, as we move on to verses 10 to 20, we read that Abraham migrated towards the Negev, the desert. That's toward the south. There is something quite significant here in this paragraph. When he was up in the land of the promise proper, we see Abraham building altars. As he moved by stages towards the Negev, we don't see references to the altar building. We, need, we, we read something very disturbing in this section. There was a famine in the land of promise. What? God promised to bless Abraham and his family if family, uh, Abraham came to the land of, the, uh, of promise. Now there's a famine. Abraham started the journey of faith and instead of experience security, success and well-being, he has to worry about finding enough to eat for his household. He did the will of God and he was still victimized by circumstances. What does that tell us? It tells us that God didn't promise us a Disneyland existence where everything is clean, everybody smiles. Simply because we are doing what God wants us to do doesn't mean that everything in, in life is going to, be, to go smoothly. If everything did go smoothly, if there was no friction, what would having faith mean? It isn't really faith if we just plug into the plan that makes everything go perfectly. Faith means believing God even when it looks bad for him. 
Abraham hears there is food and provision in Egypt and he leaves the land of the promise to find it. What is he doing? He's walking by sight instead of by faith. He's looking for the easy way out of trouble instead of looking for God's way, instead of letting God deliver him miraculously. He goes for the easy way. Abraham's action not only put himself at risk and God's promise at risk, but also put his wife at risk. His conduct results in some sort of plagues affecting Pharaoh and his household, resulting in Pharaoh kicking Abraham out the door instead of Abraham's conduct being a light to the unbeliever. He has brought about a curse. You see, whenever we disobey God, whenever we start heading in our own direction, we put those around us at risk. Sometimes our irresponsibility causes collateral damage on others. So even if we don't care about ourselves, we should be careful not to put others at risk. Well, the famine story has a happy ending. Pharaoh is so relieved that God is sparing him and he offered Abraham some enormous wealth as a bride just to get him away from Egypt. It indicates that God takes us as we are and according to God's timing, he can still make our crooked lines straight. When they left Egypt, it wasn't without consequences. Abraham has sowed seeds that he would reap from for the rest of his life. It seems they pick up a souvenir for their visit, a treat for Sarai, some help around the house. They return to the promised land with a maid servant named Hagar. Well, this we will explore the following week. Now, what other lesson can we learn from this morning passage? First, availability is not ability. We tend to think that we are not good enough to do God's work. I agree. We aren't. But that is not what God uses as a standard. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. God doesn't care about your ability. He cares about your availabilities. He cannot use the proud. All he can use is the willing. Abraham was not good enough to do God's work. Abraham was a liar. His wife was a very beautiful lady. And there were a couple of times when Abraham felt that he might be killed so others men might have her. So what did he do? He told his wife to tell everyone that she was only his sister. Technically, 
Sarai was Abraham's sister, his half-sister. They had the same father, but different mothers. That's according to Genesis chapter 20, verse 12. Abraham was not perfect, but he did make himself available to God. And because of his availabilities, God blessed him abundantly. You are not perfect, but if you will just make yourself available to God and stop concentrating on all the worldly things you need or want to do, he will also bless you in the way that will truly astound you. Remember, there is only one person who can keep God from working in your life. And that would be you yourself. I encourage you to be just like Abraham was. He put more stock in what God wanted than he did by staying where he was. And if you will put more importance on what God wants you to do, then what you are already involved in, God will literally change your life. Second, trust and obey. What is God asking you to do this year? Does it scare you? Is he asking you to do something that takes, that takes faith? He may be asking you to trust him in your finances. How can we start tithing when the the economy is so unstable? Faith. Are you living by faith or are you living by fear? God may be leading you to start a new job or go back to school or to start a ministry of some kind. You see all the dangers and you see all the opportunity of failures. You see potential for great pain in your life. It's risky following God. But God says, fear not. Trust me. Whatever it is that God has for you this year or wherever he's leading you, remember the old adage, God will never take you where his grace cannot keep you. As long as you are following God, as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus, as long as you keep your hand in his, you are safe. You will be fine no matter where this year takes us. Fourth, be faithful. It's one thing to worship God on Sunday. It's another thing to be faithful to God in the week. To honor Him in your behavior, in the way we treat others, people. Why does Abraham's lie? Abraham's lied because he was afraid. He did not believe God would protect him and Sarai in Egypt. How do you react under pressure? What would you have done? What will you do? Because one thing is sure, we, you will be tested by like Abraham. 
you will be tested by fears. You will be tempted to compromise. Perhaps you are facing the pressure right now. What should you do? What is God saying to you about the financial transaction, about that deal, about the relationship with someone who is not your partner? Honors God's name by acting with integrity. The best lesson are those we learn from others' mistakes rather having to find out for ourselves. Learn from Abraham's life and you will be blessed. Develop the faith of Abraham and God use you to fulfill his perfect will. Lastly, new start. God called Abraham from Haran to Canaan. Sometimes God may call us to physically live where we are and go to new places. But more likely, He is calling us to new spiritual places. We get, to, we get so content with the old and familiar. Most of us like routine and order in our lives. New situations throw us off. Strange things frighten us. Our human nature does not like change. Well, for Cizek, Cizek have been through a lot of changes in the last two years. These changes are painful to us. There may be more changes ahead of us as we move forward. Let's remember, God is always going to be there. Someone say, there is no growth without challenge, and there is no challenge without change. As we move forward as a church, let's be reminded. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It is written, No eyes has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Amen. Let's spend